Luke chapter 8, verse 1, we start a new chapter. We are, we are moving right along. And uh, how many are enjoying going through the Bible verse by verse and just kind of seeing the story unfold? Anybody? A few of you. Awesome. Today we will be preaching on the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is where we are in the story. And uh, how many of you are familiar with that parable? The parable of the sower. A few of you? Okay. Uh, so hopefully this will be a review and maybe a few new insights for you as we dive into the text. Man, I'm just thankful for the worship band this morning. How many enjoyed some of those songs? It's fun just to just, you know, get your leg shaking a little bit. You know what I mean? This morning, I, my leg was kicking a little bit. It's good. That was a good set. Luke chapter 8, verse number 1. And it came to pass afterward. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pews. Um, or it's on the screen if you want to follow along because we'll go elsewhere Uh, that's not on the screen. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the who? And the twelve. And the twelve were with him. Verse 2. And a certain woman which had been healed of of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. There's no reason for us to believe uh, that this is the same lady who uh, was at the Pharisee's house. There's, there's no reason for us to necessarily believe that. We'd have to uh, maybe insert something in the text that's not there. Um, so a lot of people kind of combine the last story where he was in the Pharisee's house with the, the prostitute who came in, washed his feet with her tears, used her perfume, her precious ointment. But there's, no, there's not really a reason for us to confuse her with Mary Magdalene, who we see here in chapter 8 as he begins uh, traveling, if you will, uh, throughout every city and village. So the story's shifting. I think a lot of people do that. When you read the Bible, it's, it's really easy to say, oh, then this must be that lady that he was just talking about a couple verses over. Not necessarily. So you have to read the Bible for what it says and study the context. Um, so just want to make that, that clear. Because Mary Magdalene, she plays a key role after the crucifixion, right? Uh, There's several ladies that that play that key role at the end of the story that we'll get to um, that we see having been a part of Jesus' life all the way through. But this is the first spot where she's introduced here in the text. Not to be confused with the end of chapter 7. Out of whom, verse 2, went seven devils. Verse 3, Joanna, the wife of uh, Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna and many others which ministered unto him of their, what's that word? Substance. So in other words, not just the poor demon-possessed women, not just the prostitutes, but also those that what? Had money. Also those that held position. One of Herod's relatives, one of his workers also, they too believed. So this is just another fact, another proven point that, that Luke, a very historical, um, you know, pragmatic writer, if you will, is saying Jesus was not a respecter of persons. It wasn't just those that were poor either. Those that had substance, they followed him. Um, so isn't that funny the way he kind of words it and puts it? He's, he's painting a picture. Verse number four, and when much people were gathered together, they were come to him out of every city. He spake by a parable. So we get the you know the picture that now he's traveling city to city, village to village. Let's think about this also. Could he have gone straight to Jerusalem, the center of it all, right? Could he have just gone straight for the heaviest populated areas? He could have, and given his message and, and confronted the religious leaders of the day. But the point is, is that we're seeing in Jesus' ministry is that he was led kind of what seems to be at random, right? From Galilee, and remember those those snide comments that came about him being from Galilee? Can anything good come out of what? Nazareth? Can anything good come out of that region of the country? And I think about, you know, a lot of people, when they ask me where I live, I tell them I live in Dundalk, you know, and everybody just kind of, oh, okay, that's cool. (laughs) I feel like I live in one of those communities like that. Uh, Everybody's just like, oh, yeah, you live in Dundalk. Okay, yeah. All right, so when are you moving out of Dundalk? Well, I don't really have any plans to. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) But people categorize, right? And stereotype. But what I want you to see is that rich and the poor, uh, it didn't matter. 
Jesus traveled through the countryside, through the villages. He didn't go straight to the heart of the city. He let God control his path. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Uh, Look at verse number 5. Here's the parable when he's stopping it at the place where he tells this parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. Here's the third type. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Verse number 8. And other fell on, say the next two words, good ground, and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. So who's he speaking this to? His disciples. And Jesus is like emotional, saying, I just want you to get it. I just want you to see what I'm trying to to say. I, I, I want it to take root, right? That's what he's saying, the parable of the sower. I want this to take root in your heart. Look at verse number 10 again. And he said unto you it is given to know, the, uh, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, hearing they might not understand. Now, the parable is this. So he's going to tell the story. He clarifies by saying, qualifies really. Some people that just hear a story, it's not for them to see the mystery of the kingdom. But for you, this is for. Interesting, right? Look at verse number 11. The seed is the what? Word of God. Those by the wayside, he's going to walk through all four types of soil. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Number 13. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. These have no root. Which for a while believe, and in the time of temptation fall away. Verse 14. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. Verse 15. And this is the last verse that we'll read here. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Now, just off the cuff, which one do you want to be of the four? Of the four types of soil, which one do you want to be? The good one. I'll take the good one. I want number four. The title of today's message is Plant-Based Theology. Plant-based theology. We're going to learn some lessons of what Jesus is trying to teach us in the parable of the sower through being plant-based today. Okay, How many of you are plant-based eaters? I tease often about it. Okay, Good for you. I know. All right. Moving on. Let me ask you this question. I I want some interaction, not necessarily out loud. You can if you want, but think. I I want to get you to think today. Because there's a call to action at the end of the message. There's a point to this whole thing of plant-based theology. Alan, good to see you, buddy. Where does it all begin? After reading this story in this parable, someone help me. Where does it all begin? What would you say? The seed falling, which he reveals in verse 11, is the what? The Word of God. It all starts... With the word of God. And I mean, there's a little semantics there as far as, well, it starts with the sower throwing the word. Okay, I'm not really getting that granular. We will. But, but the point is, is that it all starts. The seed is the what? Word, word of God. What is the seed, church? Where does it all start, church? I'm trying to make a point. It all starts with the Bible. It starts with the word of God. The book that you hold in your hand. Right? That's where it starts. It takes root in what, church? What does it take root in? I know this is very simple, but there's a reason why Jesus made it super simple. Because of me. I can't handle it when it's not complicated. I'm just telling the story the way it was, the way it was given. It starts with the what? And it takes root where? In the, in the soil. 
plant-based theology. The soil is who? We're the soil. What's the seed? What's the soil? Okay, alright, we're getting somewhere. It takes root in soil. It grows into something, watch this church, that is visible for others to see and affected by. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Now, now you're getting it, right? <laughs> Let, here's my point here. Hey, Camillo, good to see you, buddy. And Camillo's friend. Let providence work in the who and the where. Church, don't, don't let me lose you here. It starts with the what? And it goes into the what? Soil. So he's teaching clear principles here that the who and the where are something that we shouldn't worry about. Remember earlier, I said, isn't it kind of funny how Jesus is traveling through these villages and through these towns? Watch this. Let providence work in the who and the where. What is providence? 1 Corinthians 3.6 says, I have planted. Who's, who's talking in 1 Corinthians? The Apostle Paul. He said, I've planted. He's the what? Sower. He's saying, I'm in the position of throwing seed. I've planted. He said, listen to this, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Why does God give the increase? What does it start with? The seed, which is the what? The Word of God. John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word of God finds its place in good soil and springs up. And Paul said in Corinthians, in a church that was slightly dysfunctional, there were some thorns and thistles in that church, that we have to understand that I'm planting Apollos, the pastor down the street, he's watering. But God is the one who is bringing forth the what? The increase. Stay with me. So then neither is it he, verse 7 in chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, so then neither is it he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. So let's just take the pressure off of you right now. The who and the where is on who? God! He's bringing the increase. The Word of God is being scattered and it's taking root in good soil. And what happens with that seed, Paul said, is not up to us. It's up to God. Okay? Follow? Why is this the case? It's because the seed is the Word of God. I, I, you know, we have a church full of young Christians. We have a church that have some seasoned Christians in it as well. But I see this often when people start like, you know, discipling and sharing their faith at work and they feel compelled to do these things, I see this more often than not. They start taking ownership for the things that only God can control. And that is setting yourself up for failure. Right? Who in the, like, when we think about, this is going to, I should have brought some seed. <laughs> Sorry, rest in peace. <laughs> uh, here's the point. How did this get here? A seed. So if I had a little seed in my pocket, here's a seed, okay? Here's the seed that brought forth this plant. I don't take this seed and put it in the good soil and stand here all day and say, okay, ready, go, go, you got this. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> You're in good soil. You're in good hands, seed. All right, let's go. Let me pray for you, seed. Okay, ready, God, I hope that this seed grows. My daughter, went, when we went to Tennessee, she told my dad, she said, Papa Jack, can I help you plant something in the garden? He's like, sure, my dad's got a huge garden, probably as big as this room. He tills it up, he does it all by hand. So my dad took her out and planted a watermelon seed. And he told her, he's like, now, Rainy, everything else is right about this. So as it grows, I'm going to take pictures and send you the progress of what's happening with the seed that she planted. And you know what? Through the next few months, we'd get a picture. Then he would FaceTime. All right, get Rainy over there. And he'd be out in the garden. You know, the Wi-Fi barely working because he's all the way out in the garden. You know, intermittent. Rainy, do you see it coming up? Do you see it coming up? 
We were in Baltimore. That seed was in where? Tennessee. What were we doing practically to make that seed grow? Was it our pep talks? Every morning walking out, man, I'm going to get this seed to go up a good inch more. <laughs> like, I'm, as silly as that sounds, that's what we do with the gospel. It's me. I'm going to give my neighbor or my coworker or my family member a pep talk that's going to cause that seed to spring up. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the Word of God. It is the most depressing thing in the world to watch a new Christian plant a seed and then be annoying as anything with the new believer that they just threw seed at. How's it going? You feel different today, don't you? (laughs) No, they don't! They're lying to you if they say they do. They don't get it yet. Let Let the seed do its work. You're not growing. You're just planting and watering. Understand? And I'm not diminishing from the planting and watering. I'm trying to get you to understand that its growth is surely based on elements that have nothing to do with you. It has to do with where it's planted and, and we'll learn this more, what type of a seed it is. Just trying to help. The who... John 6.37, listen to this, speaking of Jesus. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Jesus said, sorry. Jesus said, those that come to me, the good soil that comes to me, is coming to me because the Father is bringing it to me, and I'm not going to throw that out. I don't care if it's the rich lady who works with Herod, Or the prostitute over here that's filled with seven devils. I don't care. Whoever the Father, what? Brings to me, I will in no wise cast out. So the who is up to who? God. The where, John 7, 41. Others said, this is the Christ. But some say, shall Christ come out of Galilee? We already talked about this. John 5, 17. But Jesus answered, my Father worketh, and I worketh hither too. Providence what? Listen to this. Providence has come to mean the act of God providing for and sustaining in a governing universe. Church, the who God brings in your path, the where God puts you to plant the seed is up to who? God. I want to get that out there. I want you to, to stop worrying about the fact that you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's, that's a lie. The devil wants to put it in your head that they'll never get it. That person, if you talk to them about the gospel, they're just going to berate you. They're, they're just going to make fun of you. Or you've done it before for years and years and years, and now's going to be no different. That's not true. Jesus said, all that the Father brings to me, I will in no wise cast out. Jesus said, I'm coming by way of Nazareth, not by way of city Jerusalem, not by way of wealth. The Son of Man had not a place to lay His head. It's time that the church of God stops stereotyping. It's time that we stop putting people in categories and we let the who and the where be up to God. Providence in Scripture, seen in the book of John, seen in the book of Acts, seen in the life of Paul, was letting the Father do His work. Letting the seed spring up because we're just casting. We're just watering no matter where we go. The prayer is important. But for us to take a fatalistic type mindset at any stage in life does not work. Leave fate up to God. Leave providence up to God. Leave sickness up to God. Leave death up to God. Leave God things in God's hands. Does that make sense? I feel like we need to clarify that. How many of you feel sometimes that you're putting more time into the who and where you sow the gospel instead of just sowing it? Yeah. Thanks for being honest, guys. I really appreciate that. (laughs) The who and the where. Okay. Where are we doing this work? Where is the seed being cast? Stay with me. The word is the what? You already forgot. The Word of God is the what in this story? It's the seed. The Word is the what? Jesus. 
Good job. I'm shifting gears on you. Are we learning anything? Here's the four types of soil, okay? Man, you thought it was educational. I'm about to, get, I'm about to take you to school real quick. Please stay awake. Do you need more coffee? No, here we go. Look at verse number, uh, verse number 12, okay? We're going to walk right through all the four different types of soil. I'm going to ask you this one question. Can you be open-minded? Yes or no? I need a yes or no answer. Can you be open-minded? Okay, thank you. All those that said no, you're not the who and the where. Get out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you have to be open-minded. When you read this, the tendency is to say, I'm good soil. Have you seen my soil? <laughs> I got some miracle growing in there. <laughs> you got me. I mean, if the word of God comes anywhere near me, this stuff. That's like a 60-year-old oak tree in the middle of my life. Someone, like a tree, planted by rivers of water. <laughs> That's me. Because <laughs> I'm good soil. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know I'm being a little humorous, but that's our tendency. Yes? It's funny, man. How many of you follow? I feel like you need a break. Everybody's in fall mode. The last pumpkin spice latte's already worn off, Pastor. And I need another one. Can you get through it? <laughs> We're like, hallelujah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, like, we are just off in our own worlds, are we not? Let, let me just help you with something. I hate to be like, man, I want to come to church, and I want the pastor to make me feel good. Right, the Bible says in the end times that people will have itching ears. Don't come here for itching ears, you know what I mean? I may say something funny here and now. Don't, don't, don't expect it. Don't expect a joke. I'm not writing them in or nothing like that. You know what I mean? It just happens. But the point is, is we need truth. And sometimes the truth what? Okay, so I'm just going to go and warn you right there. You know what I'm saying? I already got your tithe and offering, hopefully, in the plate. So here we go. The truth is coming. Don't just assume that you're good soil. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to scare you, but the Bible says, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, I have prophesied in thy name. I have done many wondrous works. And he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Exit stage hell. What? And I don't want to be the pastor who never brings the truth and says, you know, look, if you're showing signs that you're not the right kind of soil, it's time to dump the pot and get some good soil in there. So, just treading lightly right there, okay? Don't assume, please don't assume that you're good soil. And I'm preaching to myself. When I read this passage, when I digested it, I was like, uh, uh, uh. I got some thorns and thistles up in there. But I want you to get the picture. How many of you have seen pictures of the Holy Land? This region where they plant. Some of you have been there, I know. And you've seen it uh, firsthand. But I want you to get the picture that this is all in one field. Okay? The sower is sowing. The same sower. He's casting out the seed, but the seed is falling on four different types of soil in the same location. Okay? Naturally, there are mounds of soil, and there are tracks. If you look it up, Google, old-fashioned sowers, There are tracks for them to walk in next to the good soil. So part, she is fine. There there is a track and a good sower that has done this his entire life is skilled at throwing the seed just right. Jesus leaves that out of the story for good reason. Because the story isn't about the what? The sower. It's not about him. We are assuming now when he, when he tells the parable that the sower is doing his job correctly. That's an assumption the way he tells the story. So, he's in the same location throwing seed and these four things happen at that same location. So getting the picture, if you can picture even like Amish country, like in PA, that's the closest thing to it here, where you see one big field, there's a part where they are walking that is trodden down. It's where they walk in between the rows of where the crops grow. Sometimes, church, the seeds fall there. Even a skilled caster 
will have seed fall in that spot, in that soil that is trodden down. So let's look at it. The first one is the roadside soil. Who have heard the gospel, but reject it outright. Because the sin hardened their hearts of those who permanently reject the gospel and are impervious to God's truth, their father. John 8.44, the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. But the truth is, is that 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 soil, that roadside soil where that sower is walking has seed fall on it. What distinguishes that first type of soil? It's so hard that the devil is waiting for the word of God to land on it so that he can just what? Pull it right out of their hearts. Have you ever met somebody like that? It just seems like when the truth comes to them, it's immediately taken away. When salvation comes to their heart, and you're looking at them going, just, just listen one second, and it's just gone. Let that imagery take place. What is it that will do that? A what? A bird. Soon as that seed falls in a place that's hard, as that experienced sower is sowing, maybe shooing the birds away, the bird knows that the sower knows that when that seed falls on that hard roadside, that's the first place that they're going to go and get it. Because it's hard, it doesn't take root. I think for us to understand, number one, if that's you, I would encourage you to separate yourself from the devil. Separate yourself from sin. And we're going to get into that a little bit more, but the point is, have you ever had family that when you try to share or that coworker, it just seems like there's always someone there to undo quickly what the Lord is trying to do in their life? Have you experienced that? It's just a different type of soil. And I think that it's important for us to see so that we can identify the birds, the devil, Satan, the things that will come and snag it and do our best to pray specifically for those things when it comes to that soil. The second type of soil, the rocky soil. Look at it, verse number 13. And they, are the, and they on the rock, when they hear, watch this, receive the word with what? Joy. Joy. Here's the problem. There is a type of a field with the bedrock type in this region of Israel that the farmer doesn't know. He spends all his time and effort. He has a new field to harvest. And he goes and he takes the plow and he digs in as far as that plow will reach. And he turns that soil up, right? So as to create all the weeds, all the tares are are gone out of it. But he only went down so far. It's not until the sower casts the seed and the season takes its course that we find out that the root was met by bedrock. There were those fields that the farmers invested in that they had no idea. Beneath that surface, a good 8 to 10 inches was nothing more than rock. And then... After the first part of the season, when everything sprung up and looked really good, as soon as bad weather hits, and a part of the season that challenged the crop, he learned that now he had invested in rocky soil. It's not on the surface. It's beneath the surface. Study it. Look it up. I did. This soil looks just like all the other soil. But beneath it, it's only a matter of time because the Word of God will never reach the deep parts of their heart. These are those... Listen, the shallow soil, it pictures a superficial profession of faith. John 8.31, Then Jesus said unto the Jews, which had believed on Him, If ye will, listen, continue in My Word, Then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. 
It's all right. You can find it. Hit the button on the side. It'll silence it. <laughs> What's the trouble about rocky soil? You got a good six inches on top. That's the trouble with it. You're okay. Church, listen. It looks like everything else. He invested in this field. He plowed the field. He got the tears up. He got the weeds up. Everything on the surface was fine. But when the root took, it wasn't able to go far enough. And as soon as the first season came that challenged the root, we learned that it was all surface. I mean, I'm not saying it. They call them Pharisees, hypocrites. On the outside, they look beautiful, but on the inside, they're sepulchers. They have dead men's bones. Do you understand what Jesus is trying to say? He's weeping over his disciples, knowing that one of them is a devil. Knowing, Jesus knowing it all, knowing that Judas himself, on the outside, looks really good. But he's got a hole in the money bag. He's skimming, stealing from the disciples the entire ministry of Christ. Hey, it all looks real good. Man, our church is growing. (laughs) Is it? Is it growing? Or is it just growing? If we're not careful, we'll grow this way. (laughs) The devil don't want this, I'm telling you. Take care of your phone. Hit the silent button. Because I have just as much ADD as everybody else. And I can't keep my train of thought. Remember on the front screen where we say we'll baptize all phones that are not put to silent? I haven't done it yet, but I will. <laughs> church. Church. I'm interested in your roots going deep. How do I know this? Small group. Here's the plug. Listen up. Small group is a time when the roots go deep. Circles are better than rows. When we sit up here, it's something special, isn't it? When we sit up here on Wednesday nights and we go deep into the Word, our hearts are going deep. The Word of God is taking root in our lives and we ourselves are growing in grace. That is not something that takes place on the outside. Trust me, I've been a part of ministry in the past that the discipleship program was all on the outside. How's everyone at your church? Well, they're great. I give them another three weeks and he'll have a suit and tie on. (laughs) That's how we measure it. Maybe another month and a half and he'll be tithing. (laughs) That's all we, that's good. Man, the Lord's working in his life. Jesus said this. He said in John 8, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples. When the going gets tough, when, I mean, this week happens. You've had that kind of week. Some of you have had that kind of week where it's just devastating. Is your root what is holding you? I know that God is sovereign. It's measured in longevity. I'm scared that we have this type of soil all up in our churches. I'm scared that we're filled with it. And pastors are just sowing and sowing and sowing. And I'm like, I got an old church choir singing in my soul. We're like doing ministry and and, and God's working on the outside. The Bible says, Jesus said, they spring up. Look at that beautiful plant. Oh my goodness gracious. They're just growing and they're they're coming to church. Do you see so-and-so? It's been like, I don't know, two months. The soil only went so deep before it hit rock. What about thorny soil? I know this, this got me big time. Look at verse number 14. Then they which fell among thorns. The seed which fell among thorns pictures another group of those who have heard the gospel and initially accepted it, but the truth is soon crowded out, not by suffering, but by pleasure. 
First, there is the, the rocky soil, the rock beneath the soil. And then, there is the good soil that the weeds overtook it. Not maintained. We have too many pleasures in life that still take root and are a bigger priority for us than the Word of God growing in our life. 1 John 2, 15-17, let the Word of God speak to you this morning. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Watch this. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth... Does anybody know what it says? Abideth forever. We'll know. This church is only two years old. Peninsula is 26 years old. We'll know in another 20 years who the good soil is. When I started this church, my brother-in-law who started a church six years ago said to me, Matt, you'll, you'll step back and you'll remember through the years who, who were the scaffolding. They were the scaffolding that was used to build the church and who were the actual bricks. People have already come and gone in the two years that we've been in ministry and I've learned that they were the scaffolding. We needed them to help build the church, but when stuff came and it hit the fan... They weren't the bricks. They weren't the church. They were eventually torn down and taken away. I want a church full of bricks. <laughs> Brick bodies. <laughs> There's another one that was free. I think you're up to at least three jokes today. Church, listen to me. We're going to measure this in decades, not in years. How do you know? Truly, none of us really know. Until we've weathered the storm. Until we've seen the rough seas. And we still pull through. We're not asking you to be perfect because none of us are what? So therefore, I'm not going to put the emphasis on your sin now. What's your sin going to do to you in 20 years? Is that little thorn you're playing with now going to be a crown of thorns that was put in Jesus' brow? Is what is small now that is growing up going to be something that takes you out of the game and that put him and was instrumental in putting him on the cross? Those thorns, they were five to six inches long that they beat with a reed into his head. Those thorns are pictured, it's the same Greek word in this passage. Soil that has thorns in it. Jesus was literally in community with people that had the very thing that would be used to hurt Him. What is it that is in your life that is harming Jesus and not allowing Jesus to grow in your life? The crown of thorns pictures those things in our lives that are good pleasures. You see, God is love. When we live for Christ, we're living for His love. But First John says, love not the what? The world. Is there something that Jesus could give you that you would love more than Jesus? Is there something that you're praying for more than the Jesus that's giving it to you? That's this type of soil. The thorny soil is the Christian that just, if I only had this, if my family could only get there, if I could only have that. Those are the thorns that penetrated his skull. Let him have providence over your life and just fall in love with him. There's nothing that God could give me that I don't desire more than I desire him. There's nothing more. My wife and I yesterday, we, we were just kind of chilling a little bit. We woke up. We snuck out of the basement. The children were still asleep. And we got our Bibles, and we got coffee cups with lids because we have to because the twins hit us from out of nowhere. And we went up to the couch, and she got her Bible, and she opened it up. And I, I, my laptop, that's where I read. And I just, like, 
we just start talking. We just start talking and comparing what God is giving us. We are in love with Jesus. That fuels our marriage. That fuels our child rearing. Our soil in our house just keeps going what? Deeper and deeper. And when it encounters a hard place, we pray God takes that out, takes out the thorns, takes out the thistles, and gives me good ground. The devil, just like the bird that snatches up the soil on the hard ground, he's so good at putting things in our way that take root. Watch this. What about the root of bitterness? Man, that soil's going really good. That Word of God just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. They've gone through some stuff. Man, they're, they're staying faithful. The just shall live by faith. They can't see what's on the other side of that, but it doesn't matter because they're like a tree planted by rivers of water, living water that's washing over them. I'm in love with Jesus. And then a root of bitterness springing up. Man, that's like throwing a wrench in the Tesla assembly line. Do you get what I'm saying? I've gone way too long. Plant-based theology. True plants, here's some fun little things for you. True plants are sunflowers. See what I did there? Sunflowers. They only reflect the image of Jesus, a.k.a. the Word of God. I'm a super corny. How many go to Brooms Blooms? Is that how you say it? You get the ice cream and they got the sunflower farms all over the place. Isn't that up there in Hartford County? Sunflowers. They look like, why are they called sunflowers? Huh? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> they got something to do with the sun. Plant-based theology is this. Do you look like Jesus? Everybody's trying to be some kind of pretty plant. I just want to look like him. What did he look like? A servant. What did he look like? Just everybody else, but there was something different. Plant-based theology. Be a sunflower. You know what I mean. True plants, number two. Oh, you're going to like this one. Uh. True plants come from non-GMO seeds. The devil has us all genetically modified. The Word of God is whatever you want it to be. Truth is now manufactured, didn't you know? Truth is whatever you want truth to be today. Moralistic behavior is learned by your surroundings and your environment. No, it is not. Morality came from the father of the law. (laughs) Right and wrong came from heaven. Came from our creator. And when we do bad, Romans 1, you feel it. You know it. Don't give me none of that stuff. This is genetically modified seeds. And we're letting our children just take it in through media and through YouTube. Do you watch what your kids watch? They're consuming seeds that are genetically modified. The Bible is the only pure truth that can go into their heart and produce a plant that looks like Jesus. You can't take truth from the world. You can't take modernism and secularism and some type of self-evaluation to produce Jesus. Only Jesus produces Jesus. I pounded it into you. What is the seed? The word. word. What is the seed? Then how are you going to raise your kids without it? When you sit around the dinner table at night, what are you talking to them about? How good they are? Genetically modified. You can believe. If you believe in it, you can do it. Genetically modified. Just believe in yourself, child. Genetically modified. A true plant. You're setting your children up to be a thorny soil. Why? Oh, here's my child. I love him so much. Our wonderful soil of a child. Here's all these GMO seeds. I don't even know if I'm using that right. (laughs) We buy things non-GMO. We want the real deal. Kind of. I guess that's what it is. It all boils down to money, right? We can grow more, do more with something that we can manufacture into some kind of laboratory. 
You can't manufacture Jesus in a science book and in a laboratory. He is who he is, and he's always been, and he always will be. Stop trying to raise your children to be soil with genetically modified seeds in them. Rant over. Number three, true plants are like evergreens in the sense that they are consistent through every season of life. I know I'm all over the map here, but this is plant-based theology. Let me ask you this question this morning. I'm right on time. Not you. Plant-based theology, is it not describing you? This soil that is bringing forth the Word of God in your life, is that not you? How many of you say, I'm, don't please don't raise your hand, I'm number four. I'm good. I am good soil. And I'm bringing about good things. All sent down from the Father of lights in heaven, in whom there is no variableness, I think James says. I'm good. I got this. Great. I'm so excited for you. But are you like me when I read this and I was like, Phew. I got some humanism in there. I got some genetically modified material in there. I got a little thorn from over here from when I was 12. I'm still trying to you know, re- reach that financial goal. I got this one over here. Our lives get complicated because we allow it to get complicated. 2018 is going to force 2018 down your throat. You have to have this. You have to have that. Your children have to be here. They have to be there. GMO, the world, just force feeding it down your throat. Left-wing media, right-wing media. I'm not even going to get into all that. You know what I'm saying? I kind of want to, but I'm not. It's ridiculous. Let me just ask you this question. Are you good soil? Are you good soil? If you're not, watch this. Here's the troubleshoot. Go deeper. Remove things that are taking from the real seed. That's it. The sower is just throwing seed. He's been doing it for years. Jesus taught the 12 how to throw some seed. I'm trying to throw seed right now. Are you getting that? Is it not making sense? Go deeper. Don't try to convince yourself that you're happy when you're not. It ain't about what's on the surface. It's about what's on the inside. Are you really not happy? Then don't lie and say you are. Take it to God. Cast your care on him for that he careth for you. Is it not growing the way that you want? Okay. Me neither. Let's look in the soil and pull out the thorns and the thistles. Jesus is way more important than my house. Jesus is way, we, we make it about money because we're Americans. We're spoiled. I'm trying to tell you, right? Pull that junk out. Health could disappear just like that. Is your growth condition, the seed, the word of God, Jesus growing in you, is that conditional? Based on your health? Yes or no, church? No. The who and the where doesn't matter. The seed is the what. And that will grow in good soil. Every head battery I closed. There's so much to this parable. I could probably preach on it for maybe like three months. But I tried to just smush it into one message. I hope it wasn't too much. I hope that right now you just maybe have something in your heart that God's dealing with you about. And if that's you, just pray right there in your seat. I'll start with this one. If you say, Pastor Matt, I'm the soil that has never let the seed take root. Every time I've thought about God, tried to trust in God, the devil has snatched it right out of my heart. Can you pray for me, Pastor Matt, that I can finally trust in Jesus as my Savior, that I could let the Word of God take root in my heart? Can you pray with me about that, Pastor Matt? Nobody's looking, just me. I want to pray for you. Here's my hand. Here's my Here's one. There's two. There's three. I just want it to take root. 
praying for all three of you. Now, how many of you are soil and you've let some thorns and some thistles in? And you know you got to get that weed out. Come on. Uh-huh. Raise your hand higher. You're not raising for me. Show God. Show God. I'm admitting it to you, God. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to get the weeds out of my life. All right. Right there in your seat, if that's you, I just want you to pray and ask God to get it out now. Remember, it's not about the soil. It's about the seed. He is going to bring something beautiful of your life. How do we know that? Because Jesus did the hard thing. Jesus is the perfect sower. He paid the ultimate price for your thorns and thistles. He just wants you to cast it on Him. Alright, just pray in your heart. God, take it from me. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray that each and every Christian that's in here that has those things in in, in this world, Father, that they have begun to love, I pray, Father, that you would just remove them from their heart right now. I pray that you would make them pure soil. Father, soil that is worthy of the Word of God taking root in. Father, I pray that if they have hit some sort of rock in their life, I pray if they've hit a wall, if you will, in the Word of God, that they would have breakthrough this morning. That that stone would just break through. Father, your love It can just break through every barrier that the devil has tried to put in our way. Father, you are so good. You are so God. And you can bring about anything to pass in our life that we wish and that we ask of you. And I'm asking this morning that you would just have breakthrough in their hearts. Breakthrough in their lives. Maybe you're sitting here this morning. I'm just going to touch on this. And you're growing. You're a pretty flower. You're showing the image of Jesus. But you just haven't really started sowing yet. You haven't stepped into that role that Jesus does and just say, hey, God, I want to start casting seed. God, I want to start being that person that just throws the Word of God everywhere I go. Help me to share the Word of God more. If you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor Matt, I want you to pray for me because I want to share the word of God more. I want to start casting the seed to all those around me. Here's my hand. Boom. Yep. Absolutely. I'll pray for you about that. Let's just all pray right there in our seats. Father, please take root. Take root in our hearts. Father, may we be good soil. Father, my heart breaks for this church. I just want them to be good soil. It's not about, Father, us. It's not about what we look like. Father, we're to be image bearers. We're to show Jesus. I pray that that can be the case today. Thank you for being so good. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.